The talent gap between Cincinnati and Ohio State continues to close as the Bearcats land a four-star transfer from that school up by 71. That's kicking off today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. OH, you see. That's right. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget, if you're watching on the Locked On Bearcats YouTube channel, which we are now at 106 subscribers at the time of this recording but we're not done yet far from it so hit that subscribe button and when you do don't forget to like today's video and share a comment if you're downloading from an audio platform whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcast don't forget to subscribe there too you can share a comment and or give it a rating all of that on audio and youtube helps more bearcats fans like you find this podcast Alex Frank here with you, your host each and every day, bringing all of my experiences from my days as sports director of Bearcast Media, UC's student-run media organization, where I was a play-by-play announcer and color analyst for Bearcats football and men's basketball games, home and away, and was a weekly radio show host in the Jack and Jones Strader studio, host of sports any way you want it, and I was also a co-host of that show with my good friend Zach Fries. Bringing all of those experiences here, to the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. So we've got some news to discuss. Noah Potter, a four-star transfer from Ohio State from Mentor High School up in the Columbus area. He is transferring to the University of Cincinnati. Did I just say Mentor was in the Columbus area? Anyway, you get the point. We got a four-star transfer coming to Cincinnati, Noah Potter. Now, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Because it's great that you're getting a four-star recruit. But he doesn't have a lot of experience. Noah Potter only played in two games at Ohio State. Two games. Only had three tackles. Now, he was injured all of last year. But still, don't let that cloud that he is a four-star recruit from a Power 5 school. And the last time the Bearcats landed a four-star recruit from a Power 5 school, it turned out really well in Jerome Ford. I think this transfer commit in Noah Potter can turn out well too. 334th ranked recruit in the country. And keep in mind, in his three seasons at Ohio State, he played behind some really good defensive linemen, most notably Chase Young. So maybe it was just the talent that was ahead of him. But he's going to come to Cincinnati. He's going to have the opportunity to, you know, bolster a pass rush that just lost two players to the NFL draft, MyJ Sanders and Curtis Brooks. And given that he's six foot six, 275 pounds, he is going to be able to join a defensive line that is already massive. Now you're going to get a edge rusher who can rush the quarterback from the outside and you are going to join Malik Van. You're going to join Jabari Taylor. You're going to join Jawan Briggs. This is a huge addition to a defensive line that is still going to be really good, but is now going to be even better. 
He comes with three seasons of eligibility remaining, so he's going to play at least two, most likely. Unless he has a meteoric rise his first year, which he could. But this is exciting to see. He doesn't have as much playing experience as Jerome Ford had when he came to Cincinnati, but still, it shows that when you can land a four-star transfer from Ohio State, and another way to look at this is, you know what? Maybe things weren't working out for him locally at Ohio State. You come from a school like Mentor. You're going to come to uh, Cincinnati. Four-star transfer. You're not going to go to a Power 5 school. Nope. I'm taking my talents to Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm going straight down I-71. That's where I'm going. That's what Noah Potter did. That's what Noah Potter did. The Bearcats are now landing four-star transfers from Power 5 schools. You know, before that, it was, well, they might land a three-star transfer from, you know, uh, Middle Tennessee or eh, any other group of five school. But now they're landing transfers from Power Conferences. You think about Jawan Briggs transferring from Virginia. You think about Michael Young transferring from Notre Dame. And now you've got... Corey Kiner from LSU. Now you have Noah Potter. They're now going to, if, if it's not working out for them at Ohio State, they can now come to Cincinnati. And rightfully so. It's the Bearcats who just went to the college football playoff from the state of Ohio. It's the Bearcats who are going to a Power Five conference. And it's the Bearcats who right now seemingly maybe have more momentum as a program than Ohio State. No, Ohio State still has all its bells and whistles. I understand that. But I also know that the talent gap is closing. It's going to be very interesting to see what a transfer like this and what recruits, you know, they got a three-star recruit already lined up for 2024, I believe, or next year, rather. It's going to be very interesting, Braden Moore. It's going to be very interesting when you recruit, when when the Bearcats recruit in-state. When they get to the Big 12, it's going to be very interesting to see when they recruit in-state, when they recruit out-of-state, because we know Ohio State has resources. I mean, they they got Justin Fields to transfer from Georgia. JT Baird was from Wichita Falls, Texas. They've had other quarterbacks from outside the state. They've had other players from outside the state. And now Cincinnati is getting these players, too. They're getting Corey Kiner. They're getting... Noah Potter, who fills an absolute need. For as good as the Bearcats' defensive line is going to be this year, it's going to be good because of the guys in the middle. You need a guy that can rush the quarterback. The one area where the Bearcats have excelled at the last few seasons is getting to the quarterback. Myjay Sanders in 2020 had an unbelievable season. He could have gone pro after then. But he stayed, didn't have as great of a senior season statistically, but he still was really good. Cincinnati can get to the quarterback with their speed and their toughness and their nasty nattiness on defense. That's what they can do. And Noah Potter is going to add to that. You think about the defensive line now with my, with, uh, excuse me, Noah Potter, Juwan Briggs, Malik Van, Jabari Taylor. And then you've got your linebackers in Deshaun Pace, Ivan Pace, Wilson Huber. This defense isn't going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This defense is not going anywhere. And Cincinnati can now compete with Ohio State in terms of the talent they can get. That is, if there's any testament to what Luke Fickle has done with this program, it's that 
and that alone. It's that. I shouldn't say that alone. It's that. You can recruit at the talent caliber that Cincinnati or that Ohio State can. Cincinnati is now on par with Ohio State's recruiting. That is a huge testament to the job Luke Fickle has done. And Noah Potter, like, he doesn't have a lot of experience, like I've said, but he's going to come in here. He's going to earn a starting spot, I believe. And he's going to have the opportunity to carve out a career at the college level for Cincinnati. He's a four, he's a former four-star recruit, so you know he has talent. You saw what Jerome Ford did. He came here for two years. He was one of the best running backs UC has had in recent history. Noah Botter can be that on the defensive end. That's the potential that he has. And this is proof to any recruits. If it doesn't work out for you at Ohio State or LSU, come to Cincinnati. You will get a chance to play, and you will get a chance to play well. And you will get a chance to potentially be in position to go to the NFL, as we saw this year with the Bearcats draft picks. And when Cincinnati moves to the Big 12, that's going to add a new wrinkle to the recruiting cycle in Ohio. Because now you have two Power 5 conferences. Do you want to play in the Big 10 or do you want to play in the Big 12? Because the Big 10 has talent, yes. But do you just want to be another player in the Big 10? Or you can go to the Big 12, you can come to Cincinnati, and you can stand out. That's going to be a very interesting conversation and talking point once the Bearcats join the Big 12, which will be on July 1st of 2024. But just a huge transfer in commit and Noah Potter. And tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, Russ Heltman from All Bearcats is going to join me for uh, more conversation on this, what this can do for the Bearcats' defense, how he fits in, you know, how good does this make Cincinnati's defense in terms of the American, the country, all of that. So, speaking of which, when it comes to being able to come to Cincinnati and become an NFL prospect, NFL draft prospect, I'm going to tell you something that we now get to enjoy with the nine Bearcats who were drafted this year. I'll tell you that after a word from Bill Bar. So imagine this. You're dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. And then you open your eyes and realize that was only, that was only 150 calories. And 16 grams of protein were included too. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Bill Bar. I just received mine, and I've never had anything like this before. They are available right now for you, and we can't promise that they're going to be there tomorrow, so why not go get them today at Built.com? It's a nice day in Cincinnati. Go for a drive to, I don't know, just, you know, wherever, or order them online. Sit outside on your deck. Order them online at Built.com. You can use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'm going to tell you on a secret. Because that's what friends do. You all are my friends. And they're available right now. If you haven't tried the puffs, it's a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yup, you heard me. That's the secret. I kind of took a while to get there. But hopefully I kept you interested. Chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Delicious flavor of marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. So you can make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake. Who wouldn't want that? 
embedded in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. It's only 150 calories. It's only 9 grams of sugar. And you can go get them right now using promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order at Built.com. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and, of course, Big Boards. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you, Locked On Bearcats, Wednesday, May the 18th of 2022. Hard to believe we are we're over halfway through May. I mean, it feels like just yesterday I was recapping the Cotton Bowl. Jeez. So, speaking of that, we've had a lot to enjoy this past year as, as Bearcats football fans. Playoff, the draft, college game day, so much. There's one more thing, though. So, we now get to think about a Bearcats draft pick. A draft pick from the University of Cincinnati. A player drafted from UC could be a rookie of the year. It's entirely possible. We can now say, hey, this guy can win rookie of the year. Sauce Gardner on defense easily can win the award. Now, the first four picks in this year's NFL draft were all on defense. Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Derek Stingley Jr., and then Sauce. But Sauce Gardner can win rookie of the year. I mean, he's going to be a starting corner week one. We know he's very good. We know he can shut down great receivers. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when he goes up against Jamar Chase in week three. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens when he faces the Buffalo Bills receiving core, when he goes up against the receiver on the Dolphins. It's going to be very interesting when he goes up against a receiver on Seattle, for instance, when they play them. So there's a lot at stake for Sauce Gardner, but if he does what he did in the National Football in, in, in college in the NFL this year, he can easily win Rookie of the Year. But just having a Bearcat in the conversation for a Rookie of the Year award, it's a, that is a true um, testament as to how good that team was last year and how that team was built over a four-year period. Justin Williams headlined it in the athletic commit to the grid. Here's the stat. Only two players since 2000 have come only two players that have won defensive rookie of the year since 2000 have come from non-power five schools. Darius Leonard from South Carolina State in 2018. And then the other one, this is interesting. And I, I had to go way back to find this. In 2000, remember Brian Erlacher, linebacker from New Mexico, defensive rookie of the year, his first season with the Bears. So that goes to show you that you don't get a lot of rookies of the year from non-Power 5 schools. But Cincinnati is the best group of five team, non-Power 5 team, that we've seen in terms of talent. Sure, there have been other talented Power 5 teams, but none of them have produced nine draft picks like Cincinnati. They had the third most draft picks of any player or, or any team in the country this year. And that's why it's so it's more crucial than ever that they're going to the Big 12. They are too good to be in a non-Power 5 conference. Now, that's also why this season coming up is so important. They can't go in the toilet and be 8-4, and 9-3, and, or 7-5, and three, or and five rather. 9-3 and three would be okay, actually. 
They can't dip into, well, they're only winning two-thirds of their games at best. Man, you can't do that. And then I think about offensively, Alec Pierce. Now, a lot of receivers were drafted in the first two rounds. A lot of offensive linemen were drafted. You don't normally see offensive linemen win rookie of the year. You don't normally even see receivers win rookie of the year. In fact, I think Jamar Chase was only like the second or third rookie of the year at wide receiver since maybe ever. I'll have to look back at that. But what I do know is, what I do know is you don't normally see a wide receiver or an offensive lineman win rookie of the year. It's normally what? A quarterback, a running back, some a player like that. But Alec Pierce in a draft class that didn't feature many quarterbacks take, taken, especially in the first three rounds, you are going to see Alec Pierce potentially. And I think about the perfect situation he's in with the Colts. I think about how he can carve out a very, very prominent role in that offense, an offense that doesn't feature a lot of great receivers. I think about his potential, and I see a rookie of the year written, a rookie of the year candidacy written all over him. I see him being a big play threat for the Colts. I see him racking up receptions potentially. I see him being a red zone threat. And like defensive rookie of the year, there's only been two offensive rookies of the year since 1997 or since 98. So in the last 24 years that have come from non-Power 5 schools, they are Ben Roethlisberger in 2004 from that school in Oxford and Randy Moss in 1998 from Marshall. So that tells you the unique company out the unique company Alec Pierce would be in. And with the Bearcats moving to the Big 12, I think that if they can produce at least even just one rookie of the year on us on one side of the ball, I think Sauce Gardner has the better chance than Pierce to win rookie of the year. But if they produce a rookie of the year or at least someone that's in the fine in the running a finalist, you know, mention at the NFL honors, that is a testament to how talented last year's team was. And especially when they move to the Big 12, they can leave a lasting legacy for not just Cincinnati and the American, but for any group of five school that they can produce talent. You can win and you can succeed at the group of five level. What the Bearcats did last year doesn't just benefit the University of Cincinnati. Now, ultimately, it it very much so does first and foremost. But it not only benefits them, it benefits schools like UCF, it benefits schools like Boise State, it benefits schools like uh, Western Michigan, all the schools who came before Cincinnati, that you can build a program and you can schedule and you can make a run of the college football playoff. You can do it. And that's why the college football playoff needs to be expanded. Now, that's a topic for a whole nother show. I've already explained my piece on that. It should have been expanded a long time ago. But think about how much fun this last year has been from preseason expectations to playing at Indiana and Notre Dame to thinking about, okay, a college football playoff berth can happen. It did. Now, and then we were talking about the draft, eight players invited to the combine, nine players ultimately drafted. Curtis Brooks, the only player who not who was not invited to the combine, they get drafted. And now rookie of the year options, potentially in the NFL, the fun just continues. For this football program. And by the way, just wait till men's basketball gets back to the tournament. Because, oh my goodness. The calendar year at the University of Cincinnati 
And this podcast is going to have no short of no shortage of content, which already doesn't. But just think, I mean, heck, we should start doing our shows on this show. There's going to be so much to talk about. Up next, this week's What If Wednesday edition. And this one's got a whole lot of angles to it, including going all the way to U.S. Congress. Hmm. I wonder what that could mean. I'll explain next, but first I got to tell you about Rock Auto. You see, this is what this episode is brought to you by, by the way. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, there are so many. I used to think I knew every single car make and model. Mm, I probably still do. Anyway, it's now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Who the hell worries about that? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, but they only choose the brand their warehouse happens to carry. Well, you've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You see, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business. They serve do-it-yourselfers. They've been doing it for 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They... You can go to explore their easy-to-use website today or find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So we call it What If Wednesday, segment three, every Wednesday. Last week, I asked the question, what if Zach Taylor had not been Cincinnati's offensive coordinator in 2016? Where would the Bearcats program be? Where would the city of Cincinnati be as a sports town overall? I mean, if Zach Taylor didn't have those ties to Cincinnati, I don't know where the sports town would be, this university would be. So this week, we're going to explore the question, what if? It's an obvious what if. When it comes to the University of Cincinnati, what if Brian Kelly had not left? And there's a lot of angles you can take with this. First off, I think the Sugar Bowl would have been much closer than it was. The Bearcats weren't mentally ready to play that game, emotionally ready. It was a great matchup. Bearcats maybe were the better team than Florida. Well, let's be honest. When the ball was kicked off, that Florida team showed why they were maybe the best team to not play for a national championship. So I do think the Sugar Bowl would have been much more competitive. I think that Bearcats team was so good, they could have beaten anybody in the country. I think this program would not have bottomed out, would not have had that slow seven-year unraveling. Butch Jones did a remarkable job of getting the program back to stability. They went 10-3 and back-to-back years, some really good seasons. I'm sorry, they went, I think... Was it 10 and 3 in 2011 and then 9 and 4 in 2012? They had some really good teams. I think, you know what? It might have been 20. Now I'm confusing myself. Um, 2011, they were 10 and 3. 2011, they were also 10 and 3. Okay, that's what I thought. So back to back 10 win seasons. Butch Jones did a really good job of getting that program back into the top 25 um, both years. Then Tommy Tuberville came in. We all know what happened. I don't think the Bearcats go through that seven-year period if Brian Kelly had stayed at Cincinnati. And because of that, I think Cincinnati would already be in the Big 12. They would have had two chances to get into a Power 5 conference. 
One was when the Big East, when the basketball schools or the Catholic schools seceded and formed, you know, the new Big East that we know it as today. And when conference realignment and the other schools had to scramble to find conferences, I don't think the Bearcats would have been on the wrong end of that. The American Athletic Conference might not be a thing if Brian Kelly had stayed. It might still be for some other schools, but I think the Bearcats, if Brian Kelly had stayed, they wouldn't have gone 4-8 and in 2010, so they would have been an attractive draw for Power 5 conferences. Perhaps the Big 12. Perhaps the ACC. Think about where programs like Notre Dame and Tennessee would have been. Now, the uh, let me trace back. Let me go back to the Big Twelve. The other time the Bearcats had the opportunity, or it was maybe a possibility they could join the Big Twelve, was two thousand and sixteen and seventeen. Two thousand sixteen, they were passed up at expansion. If Brian Kelly was still there, maybe they would have been able to join at that time. So it's really interesting to think about. The Bearcats would already be in a Power 5 conference. So Brian Kelly would likely still be the head coach here at Cincinnati if he hadn't left for Notre Dame. And then I think about where would Notre Dame be? I think about, you know, where would their dysfunction that they had before Kelly got there? Where would that be now? Would Notre Dame be, I mean, would Notre, where would Notre Dame have gone for their next head coach? Charlie Weiss had been fired after that season. That was a dreadful season for the Irish. Six and six, no bowl game. Would their dysfunction continue? Because remember, after the mid-90s, there was some dysfunction in Notre Dame. Multiple head coaches, you know, the program wasn't on solid footing in terms of, you know, the historical standards that they have up in South Bend. It's really interesting to think about. Where would Tennessee be? Butch Jones wouldn't have come to Cincinnati. Who would, you know, would the Butch Jones era at Tennessee have happened? Would, I mean, who would Tennessee's coach be today? And what about Luke Fickle? I mean, would he still be at Ohio State? Would he take over? Would he have taken over for Urban Meyer? What would have happened to Ryan Day? Where would Ryan Day be? The Chicago Bears? Maybe the Bears would actually figure out what the word offense means. And all of this, needless to say, would Brian Kelly still be here? Would the Bearcats have gotten a better draw in the first rounds of conference realignment? And where would Tommy Tuberville be? I mean, where in the world would he be? Because he comes to Cincinnati, he goes to ESPN as an analyst. Now he's a senator in U.S. Congress. Would he be that? I mean, this affects... Conference, Brian Kelly, if he stayed at Cincinnati, this would affect the course of um, conference realignment, historical college football programs, and who their head coaches would be, coaches would be the last 12 years, where they would be as a program right now. And this also affects, you know, this affects the country, Congress. Who would be a senator from Alabama? Now, maybe Tommy Tuberville all along knew he wanted to go into politics. That's fine. But this is still a really interesting thing to think about. This, the, these whole events, if Brian Kelly had stayed at Cincinnati, they could have gotten into a Power 5 conference when the Big East dissolved 
in 2012. They wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been just you know left for dead and gone to the American Athletic Conference. Louisville got out. Rutgers got out. Would Cincinnati have even had to go into that conference, or maybe just as a placeholder in that conference for one year? It is very interesting to think about that. It's very interesting to think about you know recruiting. Would the Bearcats, if they were in a Power 5 conference, would they have been in the college football playoff earlier? Where would Luke Fickle be? This affects the whole conference realignment structure landscape of college football that we know it as today. And obviously, the Bearcats football program is in great hands right now. They just went to the playoff, where the head coach is going to have a statue probably in the next five years outside Nipper Stadium. But Brian Kelly, who I have said... I hold in high regard because he built the Bearcats program into what it is today. Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle just revitalized it and made it just a little better because they got to the college football playoff championship tournament. But if it wasn't for Brian Kelly, I don't know where this program would be. Brian Kelly got people to care. And that's why people were so angry when he left because they poured their heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this program, whether you were a player, fan, alumni, radio show host, podcast show host, yeah. A lot of things would be different in college football and in the country if Brian Kelly had stayed at Cincinnati. Conference realignment. The, I mean, all the, from conference realignment all the way to U.S. Congress. And, of course, other programs, who knows where they, where they would be? Who knows where Butch Jones would be? Who knows where Tommy Tuberville would be? Who knows where... Luke Fickle and Ryan Day and Urban Meyer even. Who knows where they would be? I mean, this affects so many levels of sports and the country as a whole. You can go a lot of ways with this what if. Because you can start from the Sugar Bowl in 2010, going all the way to what the program, what the Cincinnati program looks like today, what other programs look like today? Where does Marcus Freeman go? I mean, do we even know who Luke Fickle and Marcus Freeman are? Lots of interesting angles to this. All right, that's going to do it for me today here on Locked On Bearcats. Russ Heltman back tomorrow. He's going to talk all things Noah Potter, what he brings to the Bearcats defense, how good he makes their defense, and what this can do for the talent gap between Cincinnati and Ohio State. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We're up to 106, but we're not stopping here. We're keeping the train rolling. So don't so hit that subscribe button and then like and share a comment on today's video if you so desire. And if you're downloading from an audio platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to subscribe there too. And you can also share a comment and or give it a rating. I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Have a great rest of your Tuesday or Wednesday, excuse me. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. And I will talk to you all tomorrow with Russ Heltman of All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated.